the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The locusts were the devil's armies that arose to blot out the Bible and the law of God at the Council of Trent. These four angels are special forces for the end. That is Pastor Michael Oxentenko. This is Reaching Your Heart. We are up to the second portion of a message Pastor Michael Oxentenko entitles Four Angels Loosed, Special Forces for the End. We brought you the first portion of this broadcast last week. We will complete it here today. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, please call us today at 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Stay tuned at the end of today's broadcast. I'll have information on how you can attend the worship service in person if you would like. You can also attend anytime online at reachinghearts.org slash video. That's reachinghearts.org slash video. Here now is Pastor Michael Oxentanka with the second portion of Four Angels Loosed, Special Forces for the End. So in the book of Daniel, the first year of Cyrus in Daniel 121, and the third year of Cyrus in Daniel 10, one is really the same year. What it means is it's the end of the 70 years. This is the time when the prophecy is in play. It's the autumn of 536 B.C. In the first year of Cyrus, a decree goes forth, recording as one that allows the nation of Israel to go home. In the Greek Old Testament, in Daniel 10.1, it reads that in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a word was revealed. Daniel went into captivity in the autumn of 605 B.C. It is the autumn of 536 B.C., the end of the 70 years. And Israel is now ready to go home. Look at Daniel 10.2. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning for three weeks. I ate no delicacies. No meat or wine entered my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all for the full three weeks. On the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, that is the Tigris, I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, a man clothed in linen, whose loins were girded with the gold of Euphaz. The description that we see of this man in Daniel 10 is identical to the description of Jesus Christ given to John in Revelation 1. 12 to 16. It can be deduced with accuracy and certainty that Daniel here sees Jesus at this point beside the great river, the Tigris. As soon as Christ is finished speaking to Daniel, an angel appears in verse 10, and he speaks to Daniel in verse 11, Daniel 10, 11. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, give heed to the words. How many of you see the word words? Give heed to the words that I speak to you. Now here, the words that he's speaking is not the whole book of Daniel. It's angel words that are coming to the prophet. And stand upright, for now I have been sent to you. So the angel came to declare the words. And while he was speaking this word to me, I stood up trembling. The first angel interacts with Daniel in Daniel 10, 10 to 17, with a word or words. My second angel begins to interact with Daniel in Daniel 10, 18. Pop down a little bit. Again, one having the appearance of a man touched me and strengthened me. And he said, O man, greatly beloved, fear not, peace be with you. Be strong and of good courage. And when he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, Let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. The Hebrew says literally, 
The word translate again, it was added. Mean a second angel was added to the first angel. That means angel number two. In Daniel 12, two more angels appear at the end of the poetic chiasm to complete the number of four. Look at Daniel 12, 5. Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, how many others stood? What does it say? Two others. So two plus two. Come on, this is hard math. Two plus two? Four. You didn't say that with certainty. Well, two plus two is four, isn't it? We have four. That means we have four angels. Am I right? Okay, that's what we have in Daniel here plus the man in linen, who is Jesus, just like Zechariah 1. Then I looked, and behold, two others stood, one on this bank of the stream, one on that bank of the stream. So angel number 1 and angel number 2 are in Daniel 10, and angel number 3 and angel number 4 are in Daniel 12, four angels. All together, there are four angels plus the man in linen, who is Jesus Christ in Daniel 10, 5, and the same man appears in Daniel 12, 7, a man in linen who swears by God that the captivity will come to an end. That's Jesus. Daniel receives his vision of the four angels speaking words at the headwaters of the great river. Daniel 10.4, on the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, that is the Tigris. The Hebrew says literally at the hand of the great river, the Tigris. The name for the river Euphrates in the Old Testament is always the great river. In fact, it's an understood designation that describes the river Euphrates. So why is it being applied to the Tigris here? The Tigris is really a river that joins the Euphrates before it empties into the Persian Gulf. So in this sense, at the end of its course, it is part of the great river, the river Euphrates. So there's no contradiction here. Daniel 12, verse 4, But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. So let's take what we've learned and apply it to this verse and move back into the sixth trumpet. Two things are happening in Daniel 12. Number one, The words are shut up until what time? Time of the end. Now remember that angels carry words, right? Am I right or wrong? Right. Which means angels are bound and unable to speak until the time of the end. Would that not make sense? Number two, the book is sealed until the time of the end. The book of Daniel itself will be open at the time of the end. So at the time of the end, the angel in the book of Daniel predicts that the book of Daniel would be unsealed and open for the honest of the world to understand. And it also predicts that the words of the four angels would no longer be shut up. Just like they moved in Zechariah's day at the end of the 70 years, they would move at the end of another time prophecy to do the same thing for the Christian church. The angels who carry words for the time of the end would no longer be contained. They would be loosed, ungagged, to build up the church of Jesus Christ. When God sends a word from heaven, friend, God always sends an angel to deliver his word. Never forget this. So if you shut up the words, you bind the angels so they can't speak and deliver the word of God until the prophetic time. So at the time of the end, the book of Daniel teaches that four angels would be unbound and the book of Daniel itself would be unsealed. When would this happen? That's the question. Daniel provides the answer in Daniel 12, 7. Right there in the context, we have the answer. A time prophecy telling us when this would occur. Daniel 12, verse 7. The man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the stream, raised his right hand and his left hand toward heaven. Now, who's the man in linen? We've already identified this. An angel or the angel of the Lord? It's Jesus, exactly. And I heard him swear by him who lives forever and ever. You see, a simple angel can't do that. It takes Christ, who is verily God, to swear by God's name. He swore by him who lives forever and ever. It would be for a time, two times, and half a time. 
Now that's that 1260-year prophecy we're talking about. And that when the shattering of the power of the holy people comes to an end, that means the captivity and oppression of the Middle Ages comes to an end. All these things will be accomplished. Four angels carrying four words that would unlock the secrets of the book of Daniel at the time of the end. So men and women can know God, come out of captivity, and be ready for the second coming of Christ. Loose the four angels. The locusts and the fifth trumpet tear the church down, but the four angels at the time of the end build it back up. Revelation 9, 13. Back in the sixth trumpet. Then the sixth angel blew his trumpet, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar before God, that is Jesus' voice, saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, Release the four angels who are bound to the great river Euphrates. The four angels are released at the end of the 42 months, which is also 1,260 days, or a time, times, and half a time, which is three and a half years. Months, days, and years. The time of the end in the Greek Old Testament, translated from the Hebrew, is the hour of the end. So put it together. The hour of the end brings the end of the three-and-a-half-year prophecy, the 42-month prophecy, which is the same thing, and the 1260-day prophecy, hour, year, month, and day. From 538 to 1798, the prophecy winds its way to the end, to the time of the end, until the hour, the day, the month, and the year when it finally happens. The Greek in Revelation 9.15 points to an event. Sharp's rule indicates that at one point in time, prophecy is being fulfilled. It is the end of the 1260 years of the captivity of the church when God releases the four angels that were kept for the time of the end. It is the time for the book of Daniel to be unsealed at the time of the end. Revelation 9.15, so the four angels were released. We've been held ready for the hour, the day, the month, and the year to kill a third of mankind. The second woe begins when the book of Daniel is unsealed and the four angels are loosed to end the captivity of the Christian church and to deal with the oppressors of the Middle Ages who are preventing God's word from going forth. It's time for God's word to be heard again. And the darkness of the locust must end, the light must shine again. So just like Zechariah 1, the four angels are horsemen that patrol the earth to judge those who oppress God's people at the time of the end. There is a great reversal. Revelation 9.16, the number of the troops of Calvary was twice 10,000 times 10,000. I heard their number. Now, the Greek word for army is stratuma, and it does not mean a soldier on a horse. You know, some Bible commentators will say you have all these horses. It's the word for a foot soldier. In the Greek, the foot soldiers, the stratuma, are of the Calvary, meaning they belong to the Calvary or they are led by the Calvary. The four angels are on horses, and they have millions of foot soldiers. That's what the Greek text is saying. So the four angels are cavalry generals with vast armies of spiritual angels who follow these four magnificent beings into battle on behalf of the church, on behalf of God's people, to end the oppression, to move it forward, to end the captivity. Beginning in verse 17, the four angel cavalry is described in Revelation 9, 17. And this was how I saw the horses in my vision. The riders were breastplates the color of fire and of sapphire and of sulfur, and the heads of the horses were like lion's heads, and fire and smoke and sulfur issued from their mouths. You say, well, Pastor Mike, well, how on earth could that be a good thing? Doesn't that sound like awful stuff to you, yes or no? Okay. Well, it's not. How many of you like to have a few sapphires in your pocket? <laughs> I would. 
I have a few emeralds. I, I went to India and bought two emeralds. I have one emerald. My son lost both of them. One of them was found two years later under a tree at the school ground. He found it. So the emeralds was out there for two years in the, in the rain. I got them for my wife. I have a love box. She put them in it. And um, I don't buy her any more emeralds because my boys lost them. You'd love to have a sapphire in your pocket, wouldn't you? Sure, a nice, beautiful sapphire. The Calvary have breastplates with the imagery here symbolizing both God's word and God's law. They can't be evil angels. Look at this. The first is fire. In Daniel 7, 9, fire comes from God's throne, and fire destroys the beast at the end. Fire destroys evil. It's not bad. In Zechariah 5, 4, the word of God is like a flying scroll that enters a house and sets the house on fire. Again, the word of God that's like fire is not bad. In Exodus 24.10, God was standing on a blue sapphire foundation when he gave the Ten Commandments to Moses. Ezekiel 1.26. And above the firmament over their heads was the likeness of a throne in appearance like sapphire. It goes on to say it was the appearance of the glory of the Lord at the end of verse 28. So very clearly here, fire and sapphire represent God's word and God's law that come from God's throne. These horses are good. They're not bad. Brimstone represents the interaction of the Holy Spirit in judgment with God's word and God's decree. Isaiah 30, 33 bears this out. With fire and wood in abundance, the breath, meaning the spirit of the Lord, like a stream of brimstone kindles it. So these are all positive symbols of God's word and God's law. These angels are bringing the word of God back to the world. When Jerusalem was destroyed, this very same imagery was used a fire, brimstone, sapphire to describe the judgment that came from God's word, from God's throne upon a rebellious city. Look at Ezekiel 10.1. Then I looked and behold, on the firmament that was over the heads of the cherubim, there appeared above them something like what? What does it say? Sapphire in form resembling a throne. It's God's throne. Go down to verse 2. And he said to the man clothed in linen, go in among the whirling wheels Underneath the cherubim, fill your hands with burning coals from between the cherubim and scatter them over the city. And he went in before my eyes. So fire, sapphire, and brimstone represent judgment through God's word and God's law that comes from God's throne. And in the context, in the year 1798 and afterwards, it's God's answer to the locust. 1798, the armies of the French the French Revolution, which was the revolt against religion in the Bible, marched into Rome, and they inflicted judgment on the power that had set aside God's law at the Council of Trent, that had rejected the teaching of the Bible and the Bible only. The second woe is the French Revolution is a judgment of God on Christian Europe that abandoned the Bible and the law of God. Europe became secular, and it greatly damaged the structures of the past that gave us the Bible. In Revelation 9.18, these four horses have something to say because the four angels ride on them. They are speaking horses. We'll continue with today's Reaching Your Heart and Pastor Michael Oxentenko in just a moment. If you'd like to attend the worship service, I will have details on how you can do that here at the close of our broadcast today, so please stay tuned. You can always attend online at reachinghearts.org video. That's reachinghearts.org slash video. Many archived messages are available there for you, and you can attend a live service in a streaming format at that website, reachinghearts.org slash video. Let's continue now with Pastor Michael Oxentenko in today's Reaching Your Heart. I'm going to ask the children a question. Do we have any place in the Bible where we have an animal speaking, yes or no? 
Would a young boy or girl like to come up here and answer that question for me? If you're still here after this long sermon, come on up. A boy or girl that knows the answer, was there a prophet in the Old Testament where an animal spoke to the prophet? Do you know who that was, what prophet that was? It was Balaam. The donkey spoke to Balaam. Now, who was speaking through that donkey? God was. And remember, the angel of the Lord was there at that point to destroy Balaam. So we have a precedent for this. Look at Revelation 9.18. By these three plagues, a third of mankind was killed by the fire and the smoke and sulfur issuing from their mouths. For the power of the horses is where? What does it say? In their mouths and in their tails. Their tails are like serpents with heads. By means of them, they wound. So the power of a horse is in its mouth, which means it has something to say. It's not Mr. Ed talking here. My children used to get on the Internet and get these old television programs, Mr. Ed the Talking Horse. You ever watch that? When I was a kid, I grew up watching Mr. Ed. It's not Mr. Ed here, okay? It's the Word of God coming from that horse that's connected to that angel, like the donkey that spoke to Balaam. Why is God using this figure? Because at the time of the end, people are like Balaam. They're just kind of stubborn. They're unwilling to let the word of God speak. And so he shows the figure of a horse speaking, an angelic horse, to kind of get the attention of God's people to pay attention to the Bible and the prophecies. The horses have power in their mouths, which means they, that what they say matters. Now it says the tails wound. In Revelation 13.3, the beast receives a deadly wound at the end of the 1260-year prophecy in 1798. So in 1798, at the end of the hour, the day, the month and the year, the end of the 1260 years, the armies of France marched into Rome under Berthier, the great French general. They took Pius VI captive, fulfilling the Bible's prophecy. The medieval church-state system that had rejected God's word officially at the Council of Trent received the deadly wound in 1798. Now, you would think that the people of Europe would have repented when God sent the French Revolution to discipline the Church of Europe. Edmund Burke, in his reflections on the revolution in France, said if, any, if there was any excuse to be an atheist, it falls when you look at the revolution. Go back to God. Well, they didn't. Europe went secular, and the church of the Middle Ages kept on rejecting the Bible, and they hunkered in to the same old teachings and creeds that brought the judgment of God at the end of the 1260 years. Friends, God doesn't care what a great theologian has to say. He doesn't care what we write in some creed. He wants us to go to the Bible to base our faith upon it. Because the Bible is connected to Jesus as the testimony of Jesus. In Revelation 9.20, the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands, nor give up worshiping demons and idols of gold and silver and bronze and stone and wood. This is a picture of the great cathedrals of the Middle Ages, which cannot either see or hear or walk, worshiping the image and icons of saints but really not worshiping God. Verse 21, nor did they repent of their murders or their sorceries or their immorality or their thefts. The moral decline of the Middle Ages is here referred to. Remember in Daniel that the words were shut up until the time of the end when the book of Daniel will be unsealed. So if the four angels had been loosed, we would expect in the sixth trumpet for the book of Daniel to be unsealed. Am I right or wrong? In 1798, the medieval church state received its deadly wound at the end of the hour, the day, the month, and the year. In that same year, the book of Daniel was unsealed for the time of the end. Look at Revelation 10.1. Here we have it. The man in linen, Jesus Christ, portrayed as the one who keeps the promise of Daniel 12.7. That I saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven, wrapped in a cloud, 
with a rainbow over his head. And these are symbols of divinity, the pillar of fire and cloud, the rainbow of promise that is seen over God in Ezekiel 1 and his throne. And his face was like the sun. That's Jesus in Revelation 1. And his legs were like pillars of fire. Only God can reside in the pillar of fire and cloud. And why did the pillar of fire and cloud exist in the Old Testament? It showed up to take God's people out of captivity at the end of the 430-year prophecy that was given to Abraham. In the Exodus, this is the captivity end. The mighty angel is leading God's people out of the medieval captivity. And look at verse 2. He had a little book open in his hand. The context indicates that the open book is the book of Daniel that was sealed for the time of the end. The mighty angel is the angel of the Lord, Jesus Christ, who swore the oath in Daniel 12, 7, that it would come to an end. The angel's words would be loosed. The book of Daniel would be unsealed. And he would bring his people out of the captivity of the Middle Ages. He made that promise in Daniel 12, 7, that for a time, times, and half a time, when the shattering of the power of the church comes to an end, the book would be open. The book of Daniel would be open. The words of the four angels would be loosed. Since 1798... The hour of God's judgment has come. Since 1798, the hour, the day, the month, and the year, in the Greek referring to a single event, has occurred. We are now living in the time of the end. And the four angels have been loosed. The first and second angels' messages sounded before the year 1844. They are historical fact in the history of the Christian church. And four messages from heaven will combine. Two more are coming. And they will link with the other two, and they will complete the four. And they all combine with the open book of Daniel to bring Jesus back to this planet. Have you ever asked yourself the question why many churches aren't even bothering to explain the book of Daniel to you today? Why they treat the book of Revelation as a sealed book instead of a revelation of Jesus Christ? It's because they aren't listening to these four angels. They're not paying attention to Christian history after 1798. They don't know about the Great Awakening, the Great Advent Awakening, the proclamation of the first and second angels' messages that gave rise to the third angels' message, which is the warning of the mark of the beast. Friends, if you're in a church that doesn't care about getting those kind of answers, you're probably in the wrong church. If you haven't started studying the prophecies of Daniel, you need to now. If you wait to figure it out, if you don't care about it, It's going to be too late when Jesus comes. The time of the end started in 1798. That's been a long time. Now is the time to take the open book of Daniel and to let it work for you without telling God no to end time truth, not acting like you're too good to listen to it. I end with the words of Jesus for us all. Are the words of Jesus germane for the church? Yes or no? I hope so. You know, when the words of Jesus don't matter, we might as well shut down the church. All right? Okay. Matthew 24, 13, read with me. The one who endures to the end will be saved. That means you can be saved, friend. God's out to save you, not to destroy you. And this gospel, verse 14, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. Then the end will come. Now look at verse 15. So when you see the desolating sacrilege spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, forget prophecy at the time of the end. Is that what Jesus is saying? He doesn't say that in the text. What does it say? Let the reader understand why. Because the book of Daniel was unsealed in the year 1798 for the time of the end. Christ commands us to study this book and to understand this book. 
And if you are teaching others or you've bought in the idea you shouldn't, you are in disobedience to Jesus Christ. Matthew 24, 30. Then will appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn. The same thing is said in Revelation 1, 7. Behold, he is coming with clouds. And all the nations of the earth will see him. And all the, the tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Then will appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn. They will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Hallelujah. 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 And what does he do? And he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call. He'll send his angels. The one who loosed the angels will send them out. And they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. The angels have messages from God. They are in the business of gathering God's people unto Jesus. Friend, there are four angels loosed in the air today. They were loosed in 1798, the first angel's message, the second angel's message, the third and the fourth. Can you hear their voices calling you back to the Bible? Can you hear them calling you to Jesus? Friend, they are Jesus' special forces for the end. Let these precious policemen from heaven do their God-guided work in your life to break the chains, to link you back to his word, to deepen you in the things of God. So you can look up when Jesus comes and you can say without fear, even so come, Lord Jesus. Amen. Really, amen. And thank you for listening today to Reaching Your Heart. That will conclude Four Angels Loosed, Special Forces for the End. You can find this broadcast at reachingyourheart.com if you'd like to review this material once again. That's reachingyourheart.com. We would really love for you to be a part of our worship service. It's held every Saturday at 11 o'clock. That address is 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. Or if you're more comfortable, you're certainly welcome to watch online at reachinghearts.org slash video. reachinghearts.org slash video. The live broadcast will be streaming and available for you on that website, reachinghearts.org slash video. Thanks for listening, and we do pray that God is reaching your heart. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.